0: There's thousands of people out there with your title. So if you're going to brand yourself by your title, you're not going to stand out from those thousands of people. If you brand yourself according to those unique qualities and the, you know, the, the energy and the enthusiasm that you specifically bring to different parts of your, your job, that's how you stand out.
1: Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Brand New You Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you build your personal brand. We meet here each week to learn how building your brand can help you grow your influence, amplify your online reputation, and ultimately impact your career. I'm your host, Ryan Roten, and today's guest believes resume writing should be a fun and painless process, or at the very least, simple. Erica Brewer is the founder of CakeResumes.com. At Cake Resumes, Erica specializes in teaching talented people how to capture their career brands, tell their professional narrative across multiple platforms, and nab the job opportunities they want and deserve. Her particular expertise is in working with career changers, remote work seekers, freelancers, and solopreneurs, as well as people whose resumes just don't quite fit the typical 9 to 5 mold. Erica, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. Thanks,
0: Ryan. Thanks for having
1: me. I'm excited to talk to you because as you know, I've enjoyed your articles that you write on The Muse and you write a lot about resumes and cover letters and LinkedIn, but you also write quite a bit about working remotely, which I think is very interesting because if I have done my homework correctly, you are currently talking to me from an RV trip that you're on, correct?
0: Uh, that's correct.
1: That is awesome. What? So what brought the RV trip together? Is this like just a one week thing or is this something you've been planning for a while
0: Uh, planning it for a while it's actually uh, less a trip uh, more a lifestyle at this point Uh, uh, my fiance and I spend about six months uh, in the northeast in northern New York and we call that home Um, And then the other six months, the colder six months uh, in the Southwest, kind of slow travel in between. I've always been the type that has loved tiny houses. I actually founded a tiny house meetup in Boston a few years ago. It's been really successful. It's just not practical to tow a tiny house. So I said, well, you know, we'll do the RV thing and see how that goes for a little while. And it's been amazing.
1: Well, I think some people might consider an RV to be a tiny house compared to where they live now.
0: (laughs) It's pretty small. We've got about a 280 square foot footprint.
1: Oh, wow. Holy cow. Yeah. So is your is your goal then with to maybe someday have a tiny house of your very own in there in the southwest?
0: I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm leaning more tor- towards a small home, probably something about 500 to 1,000 square feet, uh, especially being someone who works from home and plans to have a family. I think that footprint will probably make more sense for me. Right now, just the two of us with three cats, this is perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So there is one question that I'm going to ask you, though, and I'm curious if – your travels and six months of the year being in the Southwest impacted this question, but if you could vacation in only one place, where would you go?
0: Uh, probably Southern California. I lived there for a number of years and I just love that area.
1: Okay. So San Diego maybe specifically or some somewhere between there and LA? The,
0: the whole strip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I love San Diego. It's, that's one of my favorite places.
0: Terrific. I'll see you there. <laughs>
1: So Eric, as we as we dive in now to kinda of your career journey, as I look through your LinkedIn profile, it looks to me like he- kind of writing, if you will, has always been in your blood, so to speak. So how did you settle on resume writing and helping people draft career narratives as kind of your outlet for your writing talents?
0: Yeah, well, it was um, my first job. I don't want to say out of college. It was actually during my senior year. I got into freelancing. Uh, one of the companies I freelance for really liked what I did. Um, I started doing more for them on the admin side, training writers, helping roll out new products. That's sort of thing and then it just stuck with me I think the reason I continue to do it I really enjoy listening to people and then helping them say what they want to say in a really effective way my claim to fame is I have x-ray hearing Um, not x-ray vision but x-ray hearing where I can kind of hear what they're saying and, and see through to what they actually want to say and that's a really fun process for me.
1: Now, you said you got started with a company. Was that your intention was to become a freelancer or did it just kind of happen? Uh,
0: it just kind of happened. I was um I've been doing some smaller copywriting. I had a few internships. I've always been a writer. Lean towards journalism, backed away from it. I actually love art history and was on track to do museum studies. Uh, a lot of people in my program were having trouble finding job placements. So I said, okay, how else do I keep my hands busy? And writing's always been the thing I excelled at.
1: And then somehow with the writing, you've you've been able to transform the resume piece into some broader career coaching. When people approach you initially about career coaching, how do you think they perceive say this umbrella term as career coaching as a whole, when they, you know, they come to you and they say, Hey, I need some help. What do you think are are is running through their minds the most when they come to you?
0: Um, a lot of the strategy end of it. So they think about, you know, how should I be applying for these jobs? Um, How do I activate my network, uh, interview coaching, those types of things. And those actually aren't my number one wheelhouse. I have done some work in HR and recruiting for I can provide a lot of great tips there. But for me, it's really that branding piece that i I'm very clear with them that that's what I'm going to help them with. Although I do have quite a few people on my network uh, that we kind of tag team people and get them in the right place as far as strategy and, and how they're going to move through the process once they have the materials they need to do it.
1: I love the concept. You talk about this on your website quite a bit, too. I love the concept of career branding. Mm-hmm. So when you say that term, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, I started using that term as opposed to personal branding because personal branding just felt Foggy for people, you know. There, how much of me is supposed to be there? Should it be personal if I'm actually trying to apply for jobs? So, career branding is is that version of you as it applies to your work life. And I think thinking of it that way is really what helps people hone in on the storylines and on the things they want to portray. Is when they think of it as personal branding, they're like, "Whoa, you know, do I talk about my dog? Do I talk about what I had for lunch? What I? What am I doing here?"
1: Right, right, yeah, good points. I, I hear the same. I hear the same types of things from folks who approach me as well. Does, is it fair then to say that everybody has a career brand?
0: Yeah. If they've got a career, they've got a career brand, no doubt.
1: And why do you think it's important for individuals who approach you that want to go through this process for them to be able to understand their career brand? I mean, what once they know it, what can they do with it?
0: It's interesting because there's a lot of tangibles. You, you walk through uh, resume writing with me or LinkedIn profile optimization. Obviously, you come out with a document or a tool that you can use to apply for jobs. And that's uh, certainly valuable. But it really changes the way that they, they think about their self and talk about themselves during those interviews or even when they're networking. They're able to more succinctly answer answer questions and talk about why they love what they do and how they can help other people.
1: Do you think knowing your career brand gives you a sense of confidence that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Absolutely, and it, it's not just confidence too. I think there's more um, authenticity. I think a lot of people will run around um, expressing buzz, buzzwords that maybe they got on a performance review, which are probably accurate, but obviously not the way you want to talk about yourself in a one-on-one conversation.
1: <laughs> you mean I shouldn't? I shouldn't walk around and saying I excelled at X, Y, and Z. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, well, I have a likable demeanor. <laughs> (laughs) I'm a change agent. And what does that really mean? It doesn't resonate with people. So walking through a process like the one I help people go through, uh, just helps them, uh, come off naturally when they're in those conversations.
1: Okay. Something else you talk about too, is a professional narrative. Is that the same as the career brand or is that different?
0: It's, it's a part of your career brand. Definitely. (laughs) So I think, um, Your career brand, uh, cumulatively, is all of the documents, the platforms, be it LinkedIn, branded.me, maybe you're on the ladders. Those are all components of it. That narrative is the story of uh, where you've been, where you're going, what you do now, who you can help, and the different specialties that you bring into play there. A narrative, it's funny too, sounds so high level, it sounds like something that might be on the back of a book jacket, but it can actually be far more conversational and and human than people think it can be when they're first walking into this.
1: How do you get started helping somebody determine what their what their narrative might be?
0: Well, I absolutely like to understand what their targets are. What's their goal? Who's the audience that we're speaking to? Because that's the lens that we put everything else under uh, during the process. Um, and from there, I ask them a lot of questions uh, just different questions. It's almost like speed dating, (laughs) you know, just walking through like, you know, how do people describe you or, um, how did you, you know, what is it about your work that you love and why do you continue to do it? Um, asking them to think backwards sometimes, what don't you stand for? And a lot of that reveals these, these core elements of, of their career narrative that again, resonate more than those performance review words or, or other things that they might've read in a job description. And
1: okay, you you mentioned audience and I hear audience come up Quite a bit when you when you talk about audience from a professional narrative standpoint, who are you referring to? What group of folks would you be talking about?
0: At this day and age, it's it's everyone. Um, it's potential hiring managers. It could be people within your network um, that have opportunities to offer you. It could be your peers. Everyone's gone digital, so it's fair to say that everyone is your audience. Now, if you want to appeal to certain people within that audience, that's really where that uh, zeroing in on your targets. And what's the goal here? That's where that comes into play.
1: okay. how How do you take once once you've taken some time with with the person and you've used your x-ray hearing, how do you take that personal narrative that you help them develop and integrate it into their marketing documents, say, like LinkedIn?
0: Sure. Uh, I'd say a lot of the magic as far as branding there goes into you know their headline. A professional summary. Those are the two sections that people see immediately when they're visiting your profile. And you really have to grab people there if you want them, A, to potentially scan to the bottom of your profile and see everything else you presented. But B, if you want them to engage with your profile, maybe reach out to you and connect with you, maybe line up a time to speak with you more about what you do. I'd love to use, I think I mentioned this before, a human voice, basically the way they would speak to someone if they met with, met with them at a networking event.
1: There's some folks that I still run into even today that believe that LinkedIn is the same as your resume? Are there differences between the two?
0: Uh, Definitely. I mean, first of all, I think of LinkedIn, it's almost... A website. You know, you've even got a blogging feature in there where you can share articles, which I love doing. Um, you can share portfolio items. It's so much bigger than a resume. But I think above and beyond that, a resume is niched in toward a very specific audience, whereas again, your LinkedIn profile has to appeal to your network as a whole, hiring managers, if you're job searching, or even if you're a consultant, potential clients.
1: You mentioned that LinkedIn is like a website. And I'm wondering, from what you see, how important is a web presence or an online brand profile when it comes to finding jobs either as a corporate employee or a freelancer or even a remote worker?
0: In this day and age, it's vital. Um, And... I think you can still achieve a web presence even if you're an extremely private person. Uh, And LinkedIn is a, a great place to do that. You can even have a bare bones LinkedIn profile and still put forth a story that establishes trust, you know, with a corporate hiring manager possibly with a client or even with, uh, you know, someone who heads hiring at a remote company.
1: Now, would would somebody who's a, say, your typical corporate employee use LinkedIn differently than someone who's maybe a freelancer or a solopreneur, or do they both use them the same? They just may have a different narrative.
0: I would say they'd use them differently. I think when you're um, a freelancer, solopreneur, even if you own a small business, you, you're using LinkedIn to market yourself far more actively than someone. Who's a corporate employee? I think a corporate employee might be using LinkedIn to absolutely portray their story, capture all of their work achievements, um, and to receive offers from hiring managers based on how their profile pops up in a top 10 search. Whereas if you're a freelancer or a solopreneur, you're actively hustling, probably publishing more articles about what you do, really serving as a warm resource as opposed to a profile that um, simmers and waits for the next best thing.
1: So from a career brand standpoint, then would kind of a freelancer solopreneur might use LinkedIn or some of the other online technologies to help to help them demonstrate work or projects that they've done in the past so that when someone does find them or search for them online, you know they get a history of demonstrated expertise. Am I correct in saying that?
0: Demonstrated expertise, and I would also say active expertise. It's not just enough to say, I've done these things. Uh, I think when you're a solopreneur or freelancer, you also have to be really engaged in saying, look at me, look at me. I'm a resource. Uh, I can help you.
1: What else would you include in someone's career brand as you're looking at them holistically? It's kind of an umbrella, if you will, before you start to dive down into this uh, professional narrative. What are the things do you look for to include in that career brand?
0: Uh, Beyond LinkedIn, uh, resume and cover letter. Obviously important. Those are kind of the basics. And depending on their search, it may not even be a cover letter, especially if I'm working with that consultant type or um, someone who's a freelancer. We'd create a letter of interest, um, more searching for opportunity as opposed to speaking to a specific job title that they want to apply for personal website is obviously killer. Um, And then helping them choose one or two platforms where they really want to start um, spouting their thought leadership. I don't like people to spread themselves too thin with that. Um, And even helping them when it comes to creating thought leadership articles that show that they're the expert that have that look at me element uh, when it comes to what they do and why they're great at it.
1: Do you, um, you know, you mentioned personal branding is kind of one of those terms that, you know, some people go eh about, um, and I, I get that too. Do you think that, um, thought leadership kind of also falls into that category as well?
0: Yeah. And I think, especially, uh, with the term thought leadership, it's almost double meh for people (laughs) because it doesn't sound fun. Um, especially people who aren't writers, which is, uh, Another type of client I love working with is people who don't think they're writers. Uh, You get them talking, you get them working on an idea, and they're like, oh, I actually have a lot to say about this, and I can't wait to share it with my audience. can't wait to share it with my network.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you this. When when you define thought leadership for one of your clients who maybe is wrestling with that term, how do you define that to them?
0: Um, Really just demonstrating that you're an expert. In your field or industry, um, again, that you're a resource that people can turn to about a certain topic, a certain challenge, a certain idea, and really rely on the information that you're giving them.
1: And you mentioned writing. Are there other ways that people can demonstrate their thought leadership as well outside of being on LinkedIn and other maybe some other professional networks? Well, uh,
0: really, I think if if you're not a writer, a great way to show that you're knowledgeable in an area is to share the work of other. Thought leaders and comment on it, and just say I found this useful because of X, Y, Z, and that's why I'm sharing it with you today. It, it's a really simple thing, but when people you know see you as someone who shares useful information again and again, they rely on you.
1: In my in my process that I call refer to as Dice, the C step is actually uh, kind of three three C's, if you will. It's it's create, curate, and comment. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said comment on other folks' articles because it's true. If you comment on someone's article, they're going to notice you. And as long as you're not saying something crazy, (laughs) you know, you're going to, they're going to, they're going to think, okay, that person knows what they're talking about. Definitely. So if there's somebody who's listening today and they're thinking about, Hey, you know, I've been doing this corporate thing for a long time. I might want to start to try to do this freelancing thing on the side what would you say to them to recommend that they get started? You know how what direction would you point them in to get going?
0: Again, LinkedIn is a simple easy substitute for a you know, personal website, so to speak, you have all the functions that you would have uh, in a personal website that you would have in LinkedIn. Um, But building beyond that, starting a personal website for yourself, even if it's as simple as having an about page, uh, a few samples of your work, and then a contact function so people can reach out to you and build it out from there. That's, That's probably the first stepping stone, you know, is having that home base on the internet. So to speak, where you can link everything else you're doing. It's almost like having a placeholder or a business card on the web.
1: You know, I love that. It's, it's like you listen to the podcast or something
0: (laughs) (laughs) every now and again.
1: (laughs) That's funny. So I, I mean, I agree with you. I think people, everybody needs to have this is my personal opinion. If I could, if I could do, you know, change the world, my, First thing I would do would be everybody needs to have their own personal website. And I think in your case, you definitely are maybe not moving people in that direction. Maybe ultimately we'd like to get them there. But it's probably, don't you think, one of the best ways for them to help promote their career brand?
0: Without question. I, and a lot of my clients, they'll um, they'll start off by saying, okay, I need a great resume and they'll want to start pulling in elements in those, uh, maybe a lot of flowery design or their picture. And that's where I, I say, if if you really want to express yourself, do that on the personal website, you know, keep, Keep your resume succinct, give people the information they need in, in a clear, organized way, and save all of that branding for your website because it's the perfect place for it.
1: So, you talked uh, on a website, we have an about page, we have a, maybe a samples or a, a work, mm-hmm. you know, here's the work I've done page and a contact page. Are there any other things that you would recommend that folks? put on a personal website?
0: Um, if, if you want to go beyond those bare bones, having a blog, again, where you're, you're, you're putting ideas, thoughts, resources out there to help your audience and to attract people to you as a resource, get a blog on there. Uh, once you have a few freelance clients under your belt, get t- testimonials from them about why they enjoyed working with you. Again, that just helps to establish trust and let people know you actually know what you're talking about. And once you've really honed in on how you want to help people and you have a process in place, a services page is great too. Um, people understand right away. They can plug into that and know, oh, great, she can help me with cover letter writing. She can help me with writing my professional bio and jump right into that as opposed to wondering, well, I wonder if she does actually work on uh, whatever type of project that they have in mind for you.
1: Yeah, I love that you're taking kind of baby steps with them? What, you know, getting them, getting the basics, get them started and then move forward because there's probably some people who are listening right now who are going, oh my gosh, a website that's freaking me out. (laughs) What, you know, if you recommend that to someone as a part of their career brand, which platform do you send them to or recommend that they get started with?
0: Right now I'm favoring branded.me and Squarespace because I think of any website you start, if it's a personal website, it's almost like having a puppy. Um, So you want to start really simple, making sure you have the basics that you need on a platform that you can really take care of this puppy uh, you know my my website's hosted on wordpress uh, which is great as far as content management go but if you're not comfortable tinkering with things on the web it could be really overwhelming at first
1: There are some people who are listening who are in these corporate positions and they are looking to, say, work from home. And some companies are allowing it uh, and other companies are saying, uh, no, we're not doing that. But for those, for those folks who are listening who would like to be able to work from home or work remotely, what are some of the best – what are some of your best tips that you would give them that – let's say that they talk to their boss and their boss says, sure, you can work from home one day a week. What are some of the tips you would give them to help facilitate conversations with their boss so their boss knows that they're actually working and not, uh, you know, the perception is they're at home screwing Mm -hmm. around, (laughs) but what are tips you'd give them to help with that communication so their boss knows, Hey, I'm actually getting stuff done.
0: Yeah. I mean, it can be as simple as a daily email that you send, you know, at five o'clock if you're working nine to five or maybe 10 o'clock if you're working a different shift, but just saying, you know, here's what I worked on. Here were some of my blockers. This is what I did. This is what I planned for tomorrow or this is what I plan to talk to you about on Monday and just uh, over communicating a little bit if you will so that um so that they know you're not just screwing around. You know, if if you're itemizing it that way, it not only keeps you accountable, but you have a record of everything that you've been achieving in that work at home environment.
1: I, I also, you wrote an article earlier and that's, I thought this was a great article and I just love the title of it too, because I think this is something else that folks who maybe have an opportunity to work remotely uh, don't want to do it because they're afraid they're going to lose out on visibility at the corporate level. And your articles taught, titled, how to prove you deserve a promotion when you work from home. Can you, you know, just give us a couple of two or three of your bullet points from that one that says, this is how you show your boss. That, yes, in fact, even though you were not sitting in a cube in the office, you know, 10 feet away from them, you do deserve a promotion because you are getting work done.
0: I'm pretty sure the daily wrap wrap up email was was a big part of that. I think uh, stepping outside your standard duties, you know, taking on projects that might not be part of your team, part of your department. And in that way, too, you're that's more visibility. There's that many more people at the company who know who you are and know what you bring to the table. And quite possibly one of those people could be a mentor for you and really taking them on asking to get coffee once a month and gleaning everything you can from them. And right there, they become one of your biggest advocates when you are talking to your boss about that raise and how you've still been achieving all of these things from home three days a week, two days a week, however it seems to grow. Um, that person can vouch for you and say, yep, everything she's saying is true. Um, This is what she's been achieving and this is what I've been working with her on.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome. I mean, that's probably good advice too for people who who are sitting in a corporate office somewhere as well.
0: Absolutely. And I think the other thing that I drive home with all of my clients, regardless of what line of work they're doing, corporate, remote, or handling their own clients in their own business, is track your achievements. Having that evidence, that's what I like to call it, having um the results, the outcomes of everything you're doing doing so you can back up what you're saying, your responsibilities and duties have been, uh, is so valuable. And if you haven't been doing it five years and it comes time to write a resume or flesh out a LinkedIn profile, it can feel really overwhelming.
1: Let's, uh, let's change gears for a minute. I would like it to take a few minutes here to talk about your business, cakeresumes.com. And the first question I'd like to ask is, where did the name come from?
0: Oh, man. Well, I, I should tell you, I have a killer sweet tooth. I love sugar. Uh, so that was probably a big part of it. But I was really just doing a lot of wordplay. I love puns. And I was like, OK, easy as pie. It's a piece of cake cake resumes. Okay. That works. That's my business name.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you do, you do say multiple times that you think that, that the, uh, resume process should be fun mm-hmm. uh, and painless, which I think a lot of people go hear resume and they go, Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, we've talked, you do resumes and you do cover letters and LinkedIn. What else do you do at cake resumes?
0: Again, helping people with, uh, thought leadership articles, ghostwriting them for them. Um, professional bios. I also do a little bit of copywriting for a few different clients. It's really all over the map, but it's really important for me to help people relax into their brands, have that fun element, because that's, again, that human touch that resonates with people and helps them open up the opportunities they're looking for.
1: Uh, I should have asked this earlier, but I'm going to ask it now. What do you when, when clients come to you, what do you think they struggle with the most when you start to talk to them about a career brand? Where, where, where does their mind kind of go? Uh, wall, I don't understand.
0: Uh, I think most of the people I speak with are inclined to be incredibly humble. Um, so they're, oh, I, I, I just go in and do my job. You know, I just want to do great work. Um, I don't I don't have a brand. Uh, but when you start asking the right questions, they get really passionate about certain areas of what they do and why they do it. And the struggle starts to fade away a little bit. And they're like, oh yeah, that's me. That's what I want on that page. Oh, you're going to write that, right? Um, it gets really fun really fast.
1: Yeah, I, um, and I think... To a large extent, you know, that is the mindset that's kind of driven into you when you start working in any job after, you know, after you get out of school or you start, you know, not even after school, but you just start working in the working world is that, you know, you, you are your title Mm -hmm. and it sounds to me like you're, you're pushing people beyond the, look, you're way more than your title. Mm -hmm. You, you are a brand and you are someone who helps other people achieve their goals and, I'm going to help you figure out what that is.
0: Totally. I mean there's thousands of people out there with your title. So if you're going to brand yourself by your title, you're not going to stand out from those thousands of people. If you brand yourself according to those unique qualities and you know the the energy and the enthusiasm that you specifically bring to different parts of your your job. That's how you stand out. Can
1: you give me an example of maybe a client you've worked with recently that was taking the humble route when <laughs> you first started with them, but you, something that, you know, you helped them kind of uncover that made them, it gave them that aha moment. Sure.
0: Um, I was working with a gal. She had been in, it was like investment Uh, Stock investments and analysis and she'd been an administrative assistant worked her way up while she was going through college too. So she's 10 years in she just kept saying I'm just an executive assistant. And I said, Okay, but you've been with this company 10 years, you're technically a research analyst. Now, you know, you've been doing some associate level work with these people. What else have you been doing here? Tell me some more about the projects. And she's like, Well, I helped them launch a social media research initiative. And I created this whole program where we evaluate companies based on social media indicators as opposed to just what's happening at the stock exchange. I said, oh, really? That's interesting. Tell me more. And I ended up finding out that that was something the company never had before. Uh, they started a division for it. Um, it was a much bigger project than she thought it was. Uh, just because she didn't have you know, a high-ranking title, she didn't think it was important.
1: We all have a tendency, I think, to kind of minimize what mm-hmm. we actually achieve At work. And that's why I love the, your suggestion earlier of writing down your accomplishments and your achievements as you go along, because if you go back and you read those things, you actually can see the value that you add each and every day to your role.
0: Yeah. Yep. And it's it's really simple. Once a month, even if you print out an existing copy of your old resume and just write on the back of it, okay, you know, this month I did this. This project went great. I helped train this person. It really does add up at the end of the year.
1: That's awesome. Erica, I think there are going to be a lot of folks who are going to want to find out that writing a resume is as easy as cake. And for those folks who would like to learn more about you and Cake Resumes, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you?
0: Sure. They can reach out to me through my contact page on cakeresumes.com.
1: Awesome. Any final thoughts, tips, words of wisdom, anything like that you'd like to pass on to anybody that's listening today?
0: Uh, just definitely have fun with your brand. You don't have to wear sweatpants to be totally relaxed into it, but you also don't have to wear a three-piece suit when you're working on these documents.
1: Erica, thank you very much for your time today and for sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, I greatly appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you, Ryan. This was a blast.
1: So how do you brand yourself? Do you stand out from the thousands who share your title? You see, this is the entire point of personal branding, or as Erica prefers, career branding. For many years, large corporations have worked to keep us in a box, so to speak. They provide us with specific roles based on our education and what we have done, not necessarily what we are capable of doing. Job descriptions allow you as a candidate to say, oh yeah, that's me, I can do that job. But they also allow companies to rule out people who may be completely capable of performing the job, but who lack the real world experiences. All of this helps to streamline the hiring process, but it leaves out many of the most important parts, like the culture of the company and your potential. Today, we really have no excuses not to stand out in this sea of sameness. We have so many tools available to us now, such as personal websites or LinkedIn, all of which are designed to help us elevate our brands, highlight our experiences, and I think most importantly, demonstrate our capabilities and our potential. Just this past week, I received the following email from a listener, and I quote, I was talking to my boss yesterday about the three finalists we will interview for a role in our group. He immediately referred to one individual as a dynamo, and I asked him, how is that so? He went on to share the website she had up that showed her accomplishments and her personality. From reading her site, he not only felt like she takes initiative, But it also gave him more information to consume about her and now he feels like he knows this person already. She now has the edge. And that, my friends, is the power of career and personal branding. It allows you to stand out and in this case be known before you ever walk into the interview room. Thank you, Erica, for your time with us today and for reminding us about the importance of career branding and getting our personal narrative online. You can find the show notes and links to everything that we talked about today over on the blog at ryanroton.com forward slash Erica Brewer. Thanks for listening in. And I challenge you today to take just a few minutes and ask yourself, how do you stand out from the thousands that share your job title? If you don't know, maybe it's time for you to give it some thought. And if you need some help figuring this out, maybe, just maybe it's time for you to consider hiring a coach. Until next week, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. This week's show was edited and produced by Ryan Roden, and the intro and outro music is Pulse by Soundroad.